Welcome to the 100 Podcast. It's Ed and Charlie here with you. Hope you're well. Today, we're really excited to be joined by Birmingham Phoenix seamer, Benny Howell. Benny, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I don't know if you call me a traditional seamer, though. Yeah, what what do you go by? What 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 would you call yourself? Bit of a hybrid, I guess. Um, <laughs> I reckon quick spinner, I'd like to say. Quick spinner, okay. I like that. For future reference, I like that. I like that. <laughs> First off then, Betty, how are you finding the hundred so far? Are you enjoying your time with the Phoenix? Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I'm very. I think I'm very lucky to have the the coaching sort of set up here at Birmingham Phoenix with Dan Vittori running it. He, he runs it really well. It's very relaxed but very organised as well. We've got Ian Bell as our batting coach and um, James Franklin, and Alex Gibman there as as, as other coaches. Um, it's it's great fun training. You know, training with um, a few of the guys I'm used to playing against, and obviously playing in the games. You know, it's it's, it's well followed comp. It seems to be, and and there's full well decent crowds and they're, they're getting behind it so so far so good yeah it's been really exciting so far and obviously as you say there's a lot of talent in that Phoenix squad how are you finding being amongst the likes of Moeen Ali Leon Livingstone Imran Tahir um, Imran I've played with at Hampshire and I've played against him a number of times so he's he's, he's what you see is what you get you know he's, he's a very very funky guy he's cool he's easy to get on with um, Moe's very relaxed very chilled out so yeah it's nice and easy I've only I haven't seen Liam much. He's been travelling from home, but he seems like a good guy as well. So, no, it's cool to play with those guys and, and pick their brains as well as um, enjoy playing alongside. Yeah, and you were picked up by the Phoenix in the original draft in 2019 and then retained uh, later on. What was that original draft night like? And, and kind of how did you find out that you got picked? Were you watching? Were you just following somewhere else? How did you find out? Yeah, I was, I was watching uh, the live coverage. Um it actually felt like an eternity till I got picked. It was a horrible watch. I can't imagine what it would be like for the guys who are, I guess, either close to being picked or not getting picked or picked right, right, sort of further down. It's, it wasn't, it was a nerve-wracking watch. But um, when I heard my name, in fact, I didn't hear my name. I um, I thought their round was over because I was we were right at the end of it and I thought the round was over and I sort of switched off. And then I, I saw my name up on the, on, the, on the TV on the screen and I was like a bit confused and I got all these pings and the messages on my phone and, yeah, obviously realised got picked up at um, where I got picked up. So, yeah, it was it was a relief, but it was uh, it was quite nice to be recognised um, as a as a higher pick. Well, obviously it's very well deserved, Benny. Uh, in this tournament, obviously there's a lot of big names here, but we're also seeing a lot of new stars emerging. We're seeing domestic players like Chris Benjamin, Harry Brook, making breakthrough appearances, I guess, and, and rising to prominence. Do you think that the hundred could be a shop window, if you like, for your skills to show the world your ability and maybe push for more franchise deals and possibly even England? I guess so. I mean, the fact that it's televised every game helps, doesn't it? I mean, the more TV games uh, you get, the more sort of um, audience or the more more people watching. So I guess it's just me doing what I normally do and and, and expressing myself, expressing my skills. And obviously with more people watching, you know, it's going to it's gonna be out there more and people are going to see it. And obviously, ultimately, it's got to be successful. Um, so far, so good. So hopefully I can keep that going. Yeah, and your T20 bowling stats are obviously, you know, very, very strong. And it does feel like a bit of a surprise that nobody come on the franchise circuit. I know you played for the Melbourne Renegades recently, but I guess no one from the IPL uh, has kind of come and picked you up. Do you have any idea why that might be? Because obviously you're a very unique talent. I, I don't think there's many people in the world who can do what you do. It's kind of hard on, I guess, our end to know why you maybe haven't got the opportunities that you might deserve. Um. Maybe a couple of things. I think 
a lot of teams are looking for guys. I think um, when they look in the, the back of all rounders, they look for guys who um, are many batters who can bowl for overs and bowl them all right. Whereas my batting hasn't been as strong until the last couple of years. Um, be put in that bracket. Uh, and number two, I think it's so different that that people not sure if they want to take a chance on someone who bowls sort of that in between seam, in between spin. Not really sure what he does um yet yeah, and and obviously county cricket isn't as followed as as some other franchise tournaments so you know it's it, it, to them it may seem as a more of a risk to pick someone like me so that's my i think that's my guess i mean i'm not 100% sure but i guess all i can do is keep performing and doing well and we'll see what happens yeah and obviously you had that opportunity with the melbourne renegades which must have been really fun what was it like going out to australia and playing in a tournament like that Oh, it wasn't as, I guess, you'd think of the big bashers travelling around in all the different cities and playing in front of full crowds, whereas we were actually part of a hub in Hobart, the the first couple of games I played. So it was a bit of a strange experience. It wasn't the big bashers I sort of, as you know it. So, I mean, it's still fun, still great to play for them, but it wasn't the experience that I think you get when it's, you know, when the the country's sort of COVID-free and and things are back to normal. So um, I'd like to go back out there again, but I guess I've got to start performing well and um in any comp I play in and I guess we'll see see where that takes me of course now I want to touch on a slur ball armory because it's it's absolutely fascinating to me how many do you currently have because every time I read something about you I swear the number changes and increases is it 50 you're claiming I I don't even know where to start how it was an exaggeration and then it got uh, it got written in uh, when I was joking about a lot so there's a decent number of them um I won't call them slur balls because they're all sort of Round a similar place, uh, pace wise. So it's more about the, the subtle, ver- the variation of it. So, so if you look at me as a quick spinner, I guess, um, say a quick spinner in general, he, he doesn't bowl slower balls. He, he bowls subtle change ups. He, you know, he might bowl one ball that goes this way, one ball goes that way. So for me, it's like if I can get movement in the air and it, and on the pit, on certain pitches, if I get movement off certain pitches with, with the different variations that I have. Um, for me, it's just, I'll call it change-ups rather than slow balls um, because I know the batter knows I'm bowling a slow ball. I know the batter knows I'm going to bowl a slow ball, but it's, for me, it's, it's, it's what sort of angles I can create and what sort of length and line I can get the ball at to sort of make them most effective, I guess. Yeah, and when, you, uh, when you're looking at, I don't know, developing these variations, you have so many. What is that process like? Because I know you've kind of studied some baseball pitching and taken inspiration there, but what is the process of you, I guess, devising in your mind or working out how this snowball would work? And then what's the process of taking that from the nets to the game? It could be from anything. So it could be from me watching baseball. It could be from, could be, could be from me seeing a picture of some holding the ball and I'll be like, oh, that's an interesting way of holding it. Or it could be me watching some some of the mystery spinners and seeing how they do it. And then it, it's basically like just trying them out. So I'll go and do, I'll throw it in my hand a few times and see if it could be something that's stick. And then I'll go straight to nets and, and, and go in like a walkthrough and bowl it and see if it actually is something it is worth um sticking with so i have like for me i have like i put it in a a ball locker so i have a ball locker imaginary ball locker and i'd have three sections of that the first section would be the balls i've got in the match they're the ones i can go to i know i've got them you know depending on the wicket depending on the batter i use them um and then there's a second section where these ones i i want to use in a game and i've I, i feel that they will be valuable i need to work on them so they're not they're sort of work in progress i might bowl them in a practice game in the nets into the mitt 
Um, and then there's a third level, and that's the one most completely random ideas. It could, there's probably a lot of junk in there, but any ideas is welcome. Just chuck them in that box, and then from there I'll pick them up and see if I can bring them to that second level. And that's how I sort of go about it. So I'm not, so I try not to waste my time because I, I can get distracted in it um, with certain balls that may not be worth it. So that's for me. That's a way of sort of separating them, so I can, so I can work on the ones in the third level or the second level at the right time and and still working on my strength in, in the in the top level of my balls if you get what i'm saying yeah absolutely that, that's that's fascinating it's really interesting who you talk about that because i i really can't think of many bowlers who i guess have that amount of slow balls it must be a unique process and that must be i guess something that you've developed purely yourself i guess mm. Yeah, it's completely myself. I, I, for me, it's more the enjoyment factor. I, I remember a few years ago, I tried to get faster. I was like, well, I don't want to, I knew what I didn't want to be. And I didn't want to be, there's no disrespect to those sort of bowlers. Um, they're very effective at what they do. So, you know, the guys at County Cricket bowl 75 miles an hour and, and they make a decent county career and do well. But for me, you're, ne- you're not going to get to the next level unless you either get faster or you, or you do something different with it. And um i didn't want to be one of those bowlers i didn't want to put a limit on what i could do so i first tried to get faster um but the amount of work to put in to gain three four five miles an hour was probably not worth it and it would have been a lot of hard work a lot of um sort of bowling balls where i wouldn't know where it's going purely trying to add pace and so i didn't think that was for me so when I watched a game of baseball, I realized there was a lot of different pitches. Some were quick pitches, some were guys who, who were knuckleball pitches. And I decided that I love the knuckleball. And that's how I started the process of developing all these different balls. And it started with that. And I thought, well, maybe I can I can do something different and and and, and do something different with the ball and bring that sort of baseball element into cricket. Um, so I guess that's, and I, and I love it. I really enjoy it. So that that helps me sort of keep on track and keep working on them. Yeah, it is fascinating to hear you talk about that. This is a slightly controversial topic, so don't worry if you don't want to answer, but your 100 tops trading card gives you a higher batting score than the bowling score. I know you've been batting at three for Gloucestershire this year and doing very well, but the card, I think, gives you a good, a great injustice. <laughs> I, don't, oh, I don't know who made them, but uh, yeah, I would have said my bowling was a little bit better than batting if you're going on, on numbers, but... <laughs> so I'm happy with the batting being quite high, but yeah, I was, I was a little bit disappointed bowling wasn't high. Yeah, but you've been batting at three for Gloucestershire this year and going up the order, and it, it does feel like I, I, that's something that you've really uh, pushed on with, especially for Gloucestershire. Is that something you've had an emphasis on over the last couple of years? Definitely, to improve my batting, not necessarily bat up the order. I mean, that's nice. I think I got lucky with... I say lucky, but I, I was able to move up the order because there was a few injuries from Ian Cobain for a, a few games and Chris Dent injured his finger who was opening the batting. So they need to fill in that role. And um, they saw that I was batting well, I guess, and I've opened before when I first started T20. So I went up there. Um, it's a different game, though. It's a different game opening the batting and batting three to down the order because the ball's harder, the ball's newer. Yes, it can fly off harder, but also it's more bounce, it's more pace. So you've got to sort of build an innings in a way. Um, rather than coming towards the end and just try and hit sixes. So it was, it's still a learning process batting up there. But I feel like I'm certainly someone who could learn to bat any sort of any of those positions, whether it's down the order, whether it's in the middle order, whether it's, you know, up top. So um, I think that's going to help me, I guess, be of value to different teams if they want to select me in different, in different tournaments around the world. 
Awesome. Benny, it's so interesting hearing you talk about cricket so candidly and so openly. And I think for me personally, it's such a pleasure to talk to you about not just the cricket, but what I want to talk about, I guess, a little bit deeper, if you don't mind, is your off the field stuff, because I think you've always been so outspoken and so interesting about your sharing your experiences with ADHD. Uh, mm. And as someone personally who I guess has a lot of my life felt kind of similar to the way you described yourself feelings as someone who's always you know never felt like quite at home you know always felt like an odd kid out and as someone who has come to terms recently with the fact that I am probably a neurodivergent yeah. person I'm not sure what that is maybe ADHD maybe autism I don't know yet I'm kind of looking at getting a diagnosis at the moment but as someone in my position I think it's so incredibly uh, heartening and just really fantastic to have a cricketer who is so open about this and someone who I can I guess relate to and identify with and I'm sure there's a many many other people out there like me who who feel the same way so I guess I'd just like to you know thank you for being the way you are and being so open about yourself oh no worries of course no I mean when I I guess it's uh, yeah it's tough when you're 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 a little bit different and especially when you're in a sports environment it can be quite brutal so you're going to be told that you're different and, and it, it does take its toll on you so I, I went into my show I think when I was very out there with my ADHD when I was younger and I was a bit impulsive and and, and did things I probably shouldn't have uh, without realizing um, but now I'm starting to learn a lot more about myself and about what actually I enjoy I know it sounds quite deep but what makes me happy you know without disrespecting anyone else and um, it's just having that sort of courage not worrying about what people think if you're being your best self so whether it's ADHD, whether it's the type of autism, whether it's Asperger's or whether it's dyslexia. I mean, there's, there's a number of guys who have spoken to me, which I won't name names, who have, who is on a sort of spectrum in a way. But for me, it's just, that just means you're on like a, you just think differently to the, to the neurotypical neuro person. Um, doesn't mean you're, you're, you're different in a bad way. It's just how you are. So I think it's just helps others understand that you, you do think different and it might make them understand that, you know, you might think completely different to them and, and the other normal sort of neurotypical person. So, no, it's good. I think it's just being your, being, I know it sounds corny, but being your best self. Yeah, I guess, do you ever feel that you are being an inspiration to people? Does that ever kind of cross your mind, especially when you're, I guess, playing on TV, basically every game now? Does that ever pop into your head that you can be that kind of role model for someone? Not instant, not 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 right now. I don't know if I am being like that. I mean, it's great if I am. I was I wrote an article about ADHD. And I was actually just writing because I enjoy writing. Um, but I, the amount of people that came to me was, you know, and said they were really inspired by it. Was I didn't I didn't expect it at all to be honest. But it was really nice to hear that it is. And you know, potentially down the line, you know, if there's, you know, if I can help out in any way in terms of, you know, being my best self and. Um, I hopefully have a platform to be able to express my views and what I think and help other people be their best selves and yeah great fantastic but um, definitely down the line for sure yeah well Benny thank you so much for joining us it's a real pleasure and honestly we, we're big fans and we're really excited to see you go in the hundreds so best of luck for the rest of the tournament I oh, appreciate it thank you Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast 100. We've got loads of clips there, loads of different stuff going on. So make sure to follow us there. And please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. We'd love to know what you think and uh, it would really help us out. So thank you very much for listening to the 100 podcast and we'll speak to you next time. <laughs>